Hi, everyone. I'm Jana Panaritis, and you're listening to the AgeWise Podcast, where we give you strategies for aging well and wisely. And how do you do that when on top of scrambling to keep up with the demands of your own life, you're also caring for a family member or a friend, your partner, maybe even your neighbor? Well, we're here to help. Each week, we hear from people just like you who share caregiving stories from the field, how you cope, what you've learned, and how care has changed your life. We also hear from professionals in the field of aging and people using media to creatively address major health issues. So stick around for some straight talk on aging in all its unpredictable glory. Fine artist Tony Luciani has been painting for over 40 years. His work has shown globally, he's received multiple awards and grants, and he's listed in the Canadian version of Who's Who. We last spoke with Tony in July of 2016. His then 93-year-old mother, Elia, had moved in with Tony because she has dementia and could no longer live on her own. Tony became his mother's primary caregiver, and his mother became Tony's muse. It happened accidentally. Tony had started to move away from painting and was experimenting with photography, taking photos of his mother as a way of learning how to use a new camera. He posted several of these photos on Facebook, and to his surprise, they were wildly popular. Then came the book, Mama, In the Meantime, a collection of photographs which powerfully narrate Tony's daily life with his mother, Elia, and their shared experience of living with dementia. For her part, Elia found a sense of purpose after Tony gave her a camera, and she too started taking photographs, the two of them making art focused on aging and dementia. Tony's photographs of his mother have been widely praised in multiple media outlets, and they've been exhibited in many galleries. If you missed our interview from 2016, go to the AgeWise website and search for episode 58 titled, The Person I Am in My Head. You won't be disappointed. Well, a lot has changed in the lives of Tony and his mother, Elia, since we last spoke. And Tony's here to give us an update. He joins us from his home in Durham, Ontario. Tony Luciani, welcome back to the AgeWise podcast. Hey, Jenna. Great How are you doing? You. Great, great to have you back. For listeners who don't know and want just a quick primer, share a little bit more about why your mom moved in with you and what happened since we last spoke. Well, she was living um, in Toronto, and my son, who at that point was going to um, college, was living with her. So he was there keeping an eye on her as well. Um, Unfortunately, she slipped on a street sidewalk and broke her hip. And so that started the spiral down, physically anyway. And so when she came back to the house, my son was caregiver for her for a little while. But we noticed that... um, her memory was diminishing, and she was forgetting a lot of things, and we were kind of worried. Um, her two sons, myself and my older brother, who's 16 years older, and I were not close by, so we were always worried about her being on her own since my son had to go to school and had a life as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it was about a year after she broke her hip, not normally in a year, maybe half a year after she broke her hip, we had a, a family meeting, and the idea was to put her into a nursing home. A nursing home? I protested, mm-hmm. yeah, a nursing home, uh, assisted living. And I, I, I kind of spoke up, uh, being the younger of the two uh, brothers, I, I spoke up anyway, and I said, well, I know mm-hmm. I'm an adult now, I can, I can stand up to him. <laughs> um, I said, no, 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 uh, she's not ready 
you know, she still knows who she is. She still knows who we are. She has a sense of life, her surroundings, and to put her in such a place um, which spiral her even further down quicker. So I, I said, you know what, I, I work at home. She can come live with me. Mm-hmm. And so it was decided at that point, well, we'll see how that works out temporarily. Um, and if it doesn't work out, we're going to have to you know, put her name on a list to see if we can get her into a home. So she came here, and she was so good, Jana. Like, she's such a sweet woman. Yeah. Um, always trying to not get in the way. She just, you know, left me to my painting, and, you know, she would just diddle around the house and, you know, sweep and and uh, do the dishes four times in a row. Oh. <laughs> Same dish. Oh. Just so she, she had something to do. And then... Uh, like I mentioned last year, you know, I picked up a, a new camera and I needed to uh, practice with it. And I started practicing with it around the house. And at one point, I had my, my tripod set up blocking the bathroom door, our lone bathroom in this house. And it's a, it's a renovated church. And so I was taking pictures of myself in, through the mirror, just getting focusing and figuring out where buttons and dials were when she had to use the bathroom. And I was blocking her door, and she <laughs> couldn't get in. And she said, well, I keep saying, well, Mom, five more minutes. And, of course, you know, ten minutes later, she'd come by, and I said, well, Mom, five more minutes. And it'll be all <laughs> it's an Poor hour thing. later. And she, she's saying, I can't hold this any longer. <laughs> and I said, well, come on, a few more minutes. Like, I was really into it. And then she started peeking her head around the corner and waving, and she could see herself in the mirror, um, the one that I was shooting at. And so... Uh, it was such a, a moment of, aha, I have a model now. So I moved out of the way, she used the bathroom, and from that night on, she's become my, my primary focus as far as model in photography and also painting. Mm. I've done uh, a few paintings of right. her as well. So that was, that was the beginning of a continuing project. It hasn't, it's not the end yet. Right. So there's now, still more to do. And she speaks a little bit of English, but mostly Italian, right? I know at the time we yeah. spoke, she was yeah. losing her English. Has she lost it, or yeah. does she still have some of it left? She has a little bit of it left, um, not much. Okay. And she was a woman who, when she worked in Toronto at a, a factory, she was more of a supervisor. She she knew, not well, but she knew about eight or nine languages. So she knew a little bit of Spanish and Portuguese and German and uh, Chinese and Russian, and whoever was working at the factory, she'd pick up a, a translation book at the at the library. And she would learn it in just a few words. Incredible. Just here and there, just, you know, yeah, just to help her with uh, uh, the whole work process in the factory that she was in. Mm-hmm. So, Italian is her first yeah, language, though. That. Yes, she's kept that. And you spoke with her in Italian when you, she was living with you, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, always. So earlier this year in June, you posted a really riveting black and white photograph of your mom titled The Mask of Self-Pity. And beneath it, you wrote, and this, of course, is to your Facebook readers. Beneath this photo, you wrote, as you know, mom is going to live at an assisted living residence in a few days. We've been talking a lot about it and starting to understand the situation at hand. The fear and grief of the unknown has been weighing on her. But I think once the line is crossed, everything will be okay. The facility and the people feel right. The move is happening on Saturday. This photograph shows the detachment of mom's stress and panic. Wow. So tell us about the photo and what happened to lead to this decision. Um, well, I could start with the, the lead up to that decision. Sure. Because that okay. photograph was 
in conjunction with that move. <laughs> to, to start off with a little a, a light uh, introduction to that, um, I needed to do some photography. I, I always do photography with her, and I decided to do a, a world Mama World Tour album uh, <laughs> through the photographs. So I, I, I set her up. Um, she traveled the world. She went to Egypt, and she went to Paris, and she went to the Amazon, and she had lunch with the Queen, and she was on the Oprah show, and she was on Dr. Oz and Ellen. In the book. So I had her in all these, yeah, in my photography, I kind of set her up. She right. really didn't go anywhere. Okay, but, just to make um, that clear. She really, yeah, oh, because have, you could be speaking yeah. about when she was younger, too. I could, so. I, could, yeah, I could lie and say, yeah, she's been to all those places okay. and didn't meet all those people. Right. But no, she didn't. So the idea behind the book and, is that she's traveled the world, okay, and met all these people. Yeah, yeah. It. It, it, wasn't a, it wasn't supposed to be a book at that point. Okay. Um, it was just supposed to be a series of photographs I was just having fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, and no sooner did I finish uh, my series of 20 photographs, the day after, I think the day of the day after, she's walking around the corner of my home here, and she falls and breaks her arm. Mm. And so the story goes... Mom, you traveled the freaking world, and now <laughs> you're in Amazon and Egypt, and you just walk around the corner and you fall and break your arm. You know, <laughs> she walked the wall of China, and my gosh, she did everything acrobatically and, and uh, you know dangerously, and here she is just falling on a curb. Um, so the idea was at that point to see how it went, and I couldn't handle it. Her arm was broken at the shoulder. Mm. And um, I have stairs in my home. Right. And it was a left arm, and stairs coming down, I have the railing on the left-hand side. Mm. So um, I caught her a few times walking down backwards oh. on the stairs. Oh. And it's it, uh, not just one set of stairs, it's two. It goes down to a landing and then some more down to my studio. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I didn't think that was very safe. Of course, it wasn't very safe. So I always be around to help her up and down the stairs. And the bathroom was upstairs, so if she's down with me in the studio, I'd always have to escort her up the, the staircase to go to the bathroom and wait for her to finish and mm-hmm. come back down with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the anxiety of even just going to the grocery store to pick up some some groceries for um, for us to have for ten minutes of leaving, I was so anxious and of leaving her alone because she's so proud. And she doesn't need help, according to herself. And she'll start doing things that she's not capable of doing anymore. And she'll try going up the stairs, and she'll try doing things that she's not able to do. Mm-hmm. Twice, twice um, in the morning, uh, she was in my uh, spare room uh, next to mine upstairs near the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, in the morning, I usually get up and um, you know take the dog out, um, make breakfast, and then I give her a shout. To sleep as much as possible. And this one morning, I couldn't open her door, and I pushed, and there she was on the floor. Oh! And I pushed. I had to. I said, "Mom, Mom, you okay?" She said, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine." Mom, I have to get in to see what I can do. So I kind of pushed the door gently, and she slid along the floor so I can get in. And I said, "Mom, you okay? What happened? Did you fall?" I said, "No, no." And this is her proud self coming through. No, no, I'm just checking under the bed to see what's under there. <laughs> of course, she wasn't. She would admit that she'd fell. Hmm. And I have no idea how long she was on that floor. She could have been there all night. Yeah, that's bad. My mom had a similar experience. She fell, and I found her, and she was on the floor, and she said the same, something similar. She said, I said, Mom, what are you doing on the floor? She said, well, the carpet just looks so comfortable, I just decided to lay here. Yeah. 
<laughs> that is my proud no, no, Greek no. mother, <laughs> who now lives with my sister. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, humor aside, it was a funny yeah. uh, situation because nothing did happen at that point. She, Thank you know, God. Her arm was in a sling. It, it wasn't cast because the doctor said that, you know, being 94, um, it has to heal on its own. Mm-hmm. There's not much you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And she, she couldn't put any weight on it to get up off the floor. But if I wasn't here and that happened on the stairs, you know, I, I just, the anxiousness in my life was just building. And I just thought, I know I can't do this. I can't do this. And she started forgetting things more and more and more. And my, my Jiminy Cricket, my, my conscience, conscience person is my daughter, who's uh, mm. 28, mm-hmm. 28, yes, 28, 29, you forget. In Montreal, um, I called, and she called me to see how things were going. And I, I, I was really down about the whole thing. I didn't know what to do. I, I, I told told my daughter that I had failed my mom. You she failed was on my her. watch. Oh. Yeah, and she hurt herself. So it was my responsibility to look after her, and I, I didn't do my job. Mm. And of course, <laughs> her being my conscience said, Dad, don't be silly. You know, she's with you 24-7. Something's going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not about, you know, your your fault. It's about something's going to happen no matter what it is. It's going to happen if you were someone 24-7. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, Dad, it's a sign. It's time. It's, the t- it's time to detach yourself from the situation. Get yourself a life. You've been with her for three years. She doesn't really know who you are as much anymore, though she's still always smiling and always very happy to be around people. She doesn't really understand where she is necessarily all the time. Maybe you should start making plans of getting her into a safe place where there aren't any stairs, and you can leave the house and not feel like you ha- in a panic. You have to get back. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to you either. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I cried over it many times. And uh, the home care uh, administrator also kept in touch with me because I had extra home care to help her with her broken arm, and. She said, just let me look into this and see what I can do. The home care worker said that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Administrator uh-huh. of the home care that came in. Okay. And within four hours, she calls me back. She said, I made several calls, and there's a room available just up the hill from where you are. Go take a look at it, mm-hmm. and then you can make another decision. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? When you think of um, the unknown, it scares you. You know, when you're... When you're selling your home and you don't have another home that you can actually focus in on, you focus in on the house that you're losing and not where you're going. Mm-hmm. And going up to that home with my mom, I took her the first time with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we walked around and she knew some of the people there too because uh, she goes to a dayway program twice a week. And a couple of them also go to the same place. Huh. And so the familiar faces. And she didn't know their names, but just familiar faces mm-hmm. helped. And then we saw the room, and it's very small, but it's in a perfect part of that building. It's only 20 room. It's a retirement home, so it's not even a nursing home. It's a retirement home, huh. but they have uh, nursing assistance available 24-7. And her room is small, but it looked out on um, um, the south side, which is the sun side, which she loves. Mm-hmm. There is a beautiful gazebo just five feet from her patio door that she can sit in oh. and it's, it's landscaped and it's so beautiful and wow. and, I, and the room comes empty the room came empty so okay. it, it was um it looked bigger than without anything in it mm-hmm. and 
it wasn't her decision. It was mine and my brother's. Um, you know, she didn't want to go anywhere but stay here. And I just knew in my heart that it was the time to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I said to myself, it's temporary until her arm gets better. And we'll see where it goes after that. Hmm. And so I, I furnished her room. I got the, I bought a bed, a dresser, and a few other things that she could have in there. Not very much, because it's not very big. I moved some clothes of hers in there, and she had something to do every single day, either a day away or there was a, um, you know, someone coming in to look after her, getting up in the morning, bathing her. There's exercise there. They have a music um, session once a week. Um, there are always people in the lobby that she can go and sit down and just talk with. And um, So at this point, she's healed. Mm-hmm. That was three months ago. Okay. Her arm is fine. Okay. She can't lift it over her head. She can't play volleyball anymore <laughs> um, or do jumping jacks. But okay. But she doesn't notice the pain. That's good. And so... She didn't have any surgery? Time, no. She, no, she, she's 94. The surgeon said, no point. And he was absolutely amazed that she healed so fast. I am too. Yeah. She's, she's very yeah. Strong. yeah, she's very strong. Um, she's only like 85 pounds, you know, right? If that. Yeah. If that. And when she had her arm, when she had her arm in this sling, even like a, a week or two after she broke her arm, she was still using her hand in the sling. She was holding on to things, and she even took her arm out of the sling to maneuver. And I said, Mom, no, 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 you have to keep <laughs> it in there. Uh-huh. Uh, the only time you move it out is uh, when I'm here or the physio's here and you have to move your elbow mm-hmm. once a day for mm-hmm. about a minute. It doesn't lock in place. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you don't do anything other than leave it in a sling. But she healed so fast. Within a month, she was great. So it's been about, about a month now that she's had mobility and she's been doing her walks um, on her own. And when I go up, I go over when I'm here every single day. In the evening, I go and walk with her if the night's so nice. Mm. Or if they're not so nice, and she's or she's tired, I, I'll sit down with her in the, the main common room, and I'll, I'll, I'll play a game with her. Her favorite is uh, uh, concentration with the mm-hmm. cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, cards based down, you have to pick a pair and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that I find that is also very good for her mind, just to remember where things are. So I'll be with her for about an hour, an hour and a half, uh, most nights, mm-hmm. and um, then just walk down the hill. That's great that it's so close by. That, yeah, and I have to say though, it's it's also great because it gives me a chance to walk my dog uh-huh. instead of walking it, walking into someplace else. That I have a destination to go to, and I always thought my little town, when you're driving a car, was in a um, there was a hill. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're walking, it's not a hill; it's a mountain. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's very steep and very long. And I'll tell you that uh, first few times I was completely out of breath, uh, breath, and I thought I can't do this. I have to drive up, but. Oh my goodness! I, I'm getting stronger. Yeah, yeah I'm really you're getting in shape, probably yeah. like really good shape. So yeah, yeah, I'm a dog. Yeah, I'm a dog. Loves it too. So right. And how old are you yeah. now? Sixty-one. Sixty-one. Okay. Now let oh, me. No, I'm, I'm in shape. I'm in shape. I, I cycle yeah. too. I cycle yeah, I know you're you're twice a week. Yeah. You're slender. I know, <laughs> but still, your lungs are different from your physical body. So if you're not used to yeah. walking hills or anything, you know, it's tough. Uh, your yeah. mom. I know your mom's been a walker for a long time. So that's. Probably yeah. genetic in you too. Yeah. How does she? And it's really great up there where she where she is because it's uh, once you get to the top of where her retirement home is, it's pretty flat uh-huh. and there are a lot of dead end streets. Uh huh. So that's good. Very little traffic. Uh huh. Very little traffic at all. So she can go walking on her own and not worry about cars. 
which is So great. they don't worry about her going out on her own with her dementia? No. Wow. No. That's Canada home, for so you. Not a <laughs> <laughs> she, well, they, 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 they certainly pay attention. Yeah. And, you know, she's not a wanderer. Like, she will mm-hmm. not continue uh, outside of her norm. So if mm-hmm. it's a routine, she'll stay with her routine. But she won't venture across the, the fence. She'll stay within the fence. Oh, I see. There's a perimeter. Um, okay. She stays. Okay. Yeah, there's no, no, I use fence as an analogy, but she'll she'll stay within her common area. Okay. She won't cross the line. She won't cross the line. Okay, so does she still recognize you? She knows me by face. Okay. She doesn't know my name. Yet she she knows my dog's name. That's the only name she knows. That's interesting. So when I go see her with my dog, she'll say, hi, Bruno, hi, Bruno. And initially I would ask her who I was. But I knew it was starting to frustrate her, so I don't ask her anymore. Um, that's not fair. Uh, mm-hmm. She knows that she's losing her memory. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't want to aggravate it and get her frustrated. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even mention that. I, I tell her who I am. I tell her where things are. I don't ask her if she knows mm-hmm. because she doesn't. Mm-hmm. And she'll forget. Has she so, gotten more acclimated? It sounds like she's gotten more comfortable there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Her norm now is there. It's not here. That's really she good. She forget she was here. Forget she was here. She remembers being in Toronto uh-huh. and being in Italy, but she doesn't remember being here in Durham, just down the hill. Wow. And does and she get other so visitors? I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I brought her back here a few times to mm-hmm. the house. Uh-huh. Um, and every time she wasn't, she was very rarely, when it was time to leave, she was, there was no hesitation. There was no wow. asking why she has to go back there. That was her home. That's, so that's been pretty good. really positive. Yeah, it is pretty positive. Does does she get visitors from other family members? My brother and my sister-in-law do come up about uh, once once a month or so. Uh Uh-huh. And Um, your kids are a little farther away, right? Yeah, yeah. My my daughter's in Montreal and my son's in Toronto. I was away once in January for a week, and my son came, Mm -hmm. and he went and visited her every day. He Mm -hmm. stayed at my house. Oh, that's great. And, yeah, it was. Yeah, really great. Well, Tony, when you went back to your house for the first time after leaving your mom at the residence, how was that for you, going back to that empty house? I, exactly. That, I, speaking of routine, like I had a routine as well. You know, every morning I'd get up and, and do the thing with the dog and have my shower, make breakfast, and make her coffee, and make sure she's up and changed. And now I have all this free time, and it's it's kind of scary. It's like what it was before she came. And now I have to get back into that um, routine of satisfying me and not having another person I have to look after. Uh, it's quiet. Yeah. It's quiet. Sadness. But, um, oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It is. And again, that sense of failure. Oh. Failed her, oh. Uh, up once in a while. Um, but that's me. You know, I'm more like my mom than I was my dad. My dad was <laughs> just stubborn. Uh-huh. My mom is very compassionate. Uh-huh. So I take that from my mom. Uh huh. When we last spoke, you had at that point just turned 60 and expressed dismay about what you would say on a date. Here's an excerpt from that interview. I can it's imagine okay. on a first date, if I ever go on a date with anybody and they ask me what I do, I say, well, I'm an artist. That's strike one. Do you have any money? No. Strike two. And I live with my mother. Or my mother lives with me, actually. Right. That's strike three. I'm out. So <laughs> I think Woody Allen have fun with this one. And that was an excerpt from our interview with Tony in July of 2016. The episode, again, is titled The Person I Am in My Head. So things have changed for you in that department since we last spoke, Tony, and you appear to be dating someone now. 
I'm very happy for you. I'm curious to know how you met and what did you say on your first day? Okay. Uh, this time, or actually last August, a year ago, August, I was on a, the CBC radio talk show here in, in Toronto. And I, I, mean, I was talking about my exhibition that I was having in Toronto with my photographs of mom. And this one person who I dated when I was 23 and she was 20, we had one date. And that was pre-cell phone, pre-computer, and we had one date. I had just come back from uh, my postgraduate study in um, Florence, Italy with the Art College in Toronto, and she was going in her final year at the Art College in Toronto. Mm. And we had met by a mutual friend, mm-hmm. so we had one date. Mm-hmm. And then it just lapsed because um, I had a, a career ahead of me, uh, art I was doing, and she was going back to school, so we just lost touch. And she was shy. And I'm, and I'm pretty shy sometimes, too. So we never reconnected. So I was on this radio show last year, and she hears me driving on the highway. And she contacts me through a messenger message on Facebook that night and said, hey, do you remember me? And of course I did. And we had our second date 38 years later. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that a year ago. Well, we celebrated our first anniversary after a second date um, two weeks ago. <laughs> what a great story. So you escaped having to say on your first date that you live with your mother. <laughs> Not that there's anything <laughs> exactly. wrong with that. <laughs> and, and it took 37 years to realize that you know, it only we were took... meant to have a second date. Right. <laughs> That's amazing. And you just came back from Vancouver, a vacation that would not have been possible when we last spoke. Um, exactly, yes. Right. Yes, my, my partner is uh, a teacher, so summer's off. She has and summer's so, off. Um, uh-huh. we, actually went to, yeah, we actually went to Maine. We drove to Maine in July. She has an aunt who lives in, lives in uh, Maine. And so we took a drive there uh, for two weeks and then came back for two weeks and then off to Vancouver for another two weeks. And I haven't traveled in years more or less exhausted myself, so this is going to be it for a while. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, was that your first month, real vacation? I'm sorry, was that your first real vacation since your mom went into the residence, the trip to Maine? Yes, we did We did go to Chicago for about six days in January. Oh, okay. My son was here. Um, but that was cold. You can't, you can't call that weather a vacation. Right. <laughs> it was cold. We went to see the art gallery. But, um, yeah, in July, August, both times, Vancouver and also Maine were vacations for the first time for me to get away. And you know what? I was really comfortable knowing that my mom was being taken care of. That was my next I question. Was it, was it hard to leave her behind? The only uh, difficulty was wondering if anybody's going to be visiting her. Mm. But she, she had activities every single day. My brother did come um, and visited her a few days while I was away. So that was good. That's good. Um, yeah, it was great. That's great. He's actually visiting more her now, more now with her in the home than he did when you know she was with me. That's interesting. So um, hmm. it is. It is interesting. But maybe it was him not disturbing me so much and bothering me because she was here. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it. But I, it's good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. More attention. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, Tony, how do you think you have changed since your mom moved out? Don't take this the wrong way, but I've seen your photos on Facebook, and you look a lot more rested. <laughs> That's a superficial um, observation. Yeah. No, I am more rested. Yeah, I am more rested. Um, Do you feel healthier? 
I do feel healthier, even though I haven't exercised nearly as much as I should have, uh-huh. um, because of all the vacation breaks, I haven't been around doing my, my cycling. But I, I'm more comfortable knowing that she's being taken care of, and I don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how much of a, how much worry really weighs on someone until it's been taken away, and you don't have to worry about it so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I was so involved with my life with her and here at the house that I always had to pay attention. I, my, my brain got tired, always wondering about making sure she's okay and didn't fall or she's eating okay, eating okay, or she's sleeping okay. All those things that she needs as well that, you know, her prescriptions and, and uh, clothing and so forth I had to take care of. Again, it's, it's like looking after five-year-olds all mm-hmm. over again and, you know, wanting to be responsible about it because I was the only person here um, you know, though she, she did uh, have someone come in twice a week to give her a shower. Um, I was the one that looked after her all the time. And I, I did go away a few times, but I made sure there's always somebody around to look after her while I was gone. Mm-hmm. And I was still very anxious. I have a wonderful next-door neighbor who will pop her head in if I'm gone for more than a few hours, and she'll just make sure that she's okay. Right. Um, you were talking about when she was still living with you, though, for, for a point yeah, there, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But at the home, there's always somebody there, so which is really great. That home sounds really um, heaven sent. Twenty people is not very many people for a facility of no, that nature. No, well, it's a retirement home. It's not uh, a retirement home, home. Or right? Living. So they have freedom to do what they want. Uh, they do get um, a, a necklace or a bracelet that has a button to press a, a panic button in case uh-huh. something happens. So they all wear those. Uh, three meals a day plus uh, all the snacking that she wants. Her door opens up to the dining room, so it's. Perfect oh, how convenient. When I go visit, I, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, when I go visit I'm hungry. I, I can always grab a muffin. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> oh, don't oh, don't say that <laughs> if they do hear you or do hear the show. But, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that they <laughs> would bequeath you a muffin at the very least. Is this something that the government and subsidizes or, or do you pay for this out of pocket? No, it's not subsidized. Okay. It's, it's out of pocket. Okay. Well yeah, worth it, it, though. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very good price. So, good. Um, size of a room and like I said there's no nursing care there living there or um, 100% always there but always someone on call okay um, if she's needed okay um, and um, while well, mom had her arm broken and she needed help uh, getting dressed in the morning that uh, the home care people went every single day and also visited her every single night an hour in the morning and an hour at night huh. which is fantastic mm-hmm. and that happened for about a month and a half Mm-hmm. And, and so we've removed the evening one now, so she doesn't have any evening visits by them. She doesn't need them. Oh, she doesn't have any evening visits from no, the home care people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, she's she's capable now of dressing and dressing herself. And have you seen her interacting with other residents? And what do you observe? I hear from the workers there that she does interact with them. Mm-hmm. When I do go visit her, she's mostly on her own, uh, either sitting in the gazebo or in her room. And I have made some friends, some other residents there, uh, one especially, mm-hmm. who keeps an eye on her, out on her for, for her and includes her in a lot of activities. I'm not there every single minute, so I, I don't know what happens sure. every time I'm not there. Sure. So, again, my routine is to go in the evening when I have I need a break from my work, and I do go up. And at that time, most of the residents are pretty laid back, and they're in the room and relaxing for the evening. So I don't see too much interaction with mom and the other residents, but apparently it happens. Uh-huh. I was just thinking about how she entertains herself 
now versus earlier. Was she a reader before? I can't remember. She was a reader, and her room is full of books and magazines and so forth. I have to encourage her, otherwise she just sits. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I go there, I, I always, before I leave, I always throw uh, a book or a magazine in her lap. Mm-hmm. Say, here, Mom, you know, there's still an hour before your bedtime, and, you know, just do a bit of, re- bit of reading, and, and, and she does. But mm-hmm. I have to remind her to do it, otherwise mm-hmm. she won't do it on her own. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, of reading material, I noticed that your mother, Elia, is now a banner on the Facebook page of Proto Magazine, and her photo yes. her photo graced the cover of Proto's Spring-Summer 2017 magazine. This is a Time, Inc. publication of the Massachusetts General Hospital for an article on aging called Living Forever. So her influence continues. Yes. And yes. your work. That magazine is out now. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. It's, uh, Time, Inc. Um, publishing contacted me. And they wanted to use six of my images for a, a research medical article that the, uh, the magazine had. And we negotiated, and she went up on the cover, too, which is fantastic. That is just really cool. It's um, such a great photo. Yeah, and I'm getting emails, too, from doctors that um, have the magazine, and they want to find out more about the, the woman on the cover and also inside, because the story inside is not about her. It's about some research. Right. Her images right. as an old person. Right. I read the um, article. It's very academic. The photos were the most interesting yeah, thing for me. Very academic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned something about worms in there, too. I'm not sure what that means. But, um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, where is Elia in this? I kept looking for any mention of exactly. her. Exactly. So uh, apparently Time, Inc. and also Massachusetts uh, General Hospital are getting inquiries from doctors and other places about the mystery woman on the cover and inside the book, <laughs> inside the magazine, uh-huh. because there's no information about her herself. Hmm. So uh, I've actually made a, a, a friend, too, of a friend, uh, an email friend. He's in Maine, I think. Uh, he's a retired doctor, a medical, um, a military doctor who got the magazine and loved the image so much on the front of the magazine, he wondered how he could actually obtain that image. So he contacted Time Inc. Mm. and Massachusetts General Hospital, and, it was, and, they, and he was redirected to me. Mm. And a very nice man. And uh, he's also written a book. So we did an exchange of some sort. Oh, that's really happy. fantastic. Very happy. Yeah. 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 I remember when we spoke before, you said that you would occasionally catch your mom in the mirror talking to herself, and she saw yeah. herself internally as a young person, but she feels like life is passing her by too quickly. How is she yeah. thinking about herself now, if she expresses that at all? I'm always talking about it. Well, her recollections are of herself as a young girl, and she'll look in the mirror and see this older woman there. Mm-hmm. She doesn't equate sometimes the two. Like she'll think young but look old. Mm-hmm. And in fact, she even talks to me about the other residents in this uh, retirement home being older than she is. Mm-hmm. And she's the one that's young. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, she's probably one of the oldest ones there. And But, you know, she she feels young. She She still walks like you wouldn't believe. You know, for a while after she broke her arm, she would be out of breath after about 10 minutes and wanted to come sit down. Mm-hmm. And I had talked to the surgeon about that. And apparently, there's some sort of uh, um, chemical reaction in the body that um, makes you lethargic and, and tired because of the break. Mm-hmm. And there was some bleeding mm-hmm. involved. And, but now that it's healed, she's back to gunning it. Like, I can't keep up with her. It's amazing. <laughs> gunning it. <laughs> 
Well, that's, that's amazing. Particularly amazing. surprising because women in particular have problems with balance as they get older, and I would have thought this would be a feature of her walking, somewhat unsteady maybe at times. It doesn't sound like she's going through no. that, though. Does she use a walker no, or a no, cane? No. She's a walker, yeah. She's just a walker, and you know, mm-hmm. she's and she's kind of bored at the retirement center because everything's yeah. done for her. And I even I even asked uh, some of the staff there, you know, give her something to do. Like she she'd love that, you know, give her a broom she can sweep the halls or right. uh, have her clear the dishes after a meal. Like get her something to do so that she feels involved. She it's not work for her; it's involvement and it's participation. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping they're doing they're doing it because I've been asking them a few times. But I guess the feeling is that, you know, she's paying this luxury of being retired and she shouldn't be doing anything. But mom loves to participate. She loves to, to help. And that's that's been her demeanor all her life is to help people. So if they can encourage her to just participate a little bit in the home, I think she'd be a really happy camper. Yeah. Winter's coming, so she'll be indoors most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to get her, get her a special broom, and she can just sweep the halls. <laughs> it sounds awful, but she loves it. She likes to keep she moving. Well, something to do. Everyone needs a <laughs> sense of purpose. She was taking photographs, too, with the camera. Is she doing any of that? Probably not. Not at the house. She's no. not. Yeah. Oh, I, you didn't know that. Um, in January, she and I both had uh, a two-person solo exhibition at the local public art gallery here. Oh, that's cool. So I had my photography of her, mm-hmm. and she had her photographs, her new photographs that she took last summer before her fall. Okay. And we had um, a duo solo exhibition. She had her own show, and I had my own show in the same building, different rooms. Oh, that's and really great. That's so fantastic. What was I the name of the gallery? It's a Durham art gallery. It's mm-hmm. here in Durham. It's a public art gallery. It's beautiful. It's actually in my backyard, practically. Hmm. And it's a beautiful space, and um, I've had my paintings there before but never my photography so to have a mama show there and then mama there and also her work there it was just a a beautiful experience i'll never forget i'm curious to know how your work has changed and your goals for the work you're painting and taking photographs now are you yes um i'm painting more than i am taking photographs Mm -hmm. because she's not here your favorite subject Um, is no longer available i know so I have logged my camera up to where she is, and I have taken some photographs of her there. Um, I'm trying to maybe break a little bit away from that. I've just done too much of it. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's never too much, but just it's taken away from my painting a little sure. bit. So I'm focusing in on my work, my painting, and getting back into that routine of doing something, a subject other than her, for sure. Mm-hmm. But actually putting paint on canvas versus working with the, with the, the camera as much. Mm-hmm. Um, though I still love the camera, I'm still doing them. I'm just not doing as much of it as I, I did with her here being here. Mm-hmm. So I am painting. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot longer to paint than to take a photograph, but trust me. Yeah, I can <sighs> imagine. <laughs> Take six months to do a painting and six minutes to do a photograph. You know, right? Well, your photographs are not not exactly straight photographs. You do a lot of photoshopping and very clever, creative reimagination. Yeah, yeah not not all the time. Right. Not all the time. Uh-huh. I, right, right, uh, right. If I have a statement, yeah. If I have a statement to make, if I have a story to tell, I need to get that story across. And if it involves manipulation of some sort or putting two or three photographs together, I will do that. But otherwise, if something comes up, a moment, there's no manipulation other than changing the color to black and white, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, so I've done both. I'm doing more and more both. And when people look at your photographs, what do you want them to see? Each one being different, <sighs> of course. 
I want them to see someone in their life, their mother, their grandmother, their mo- grandfather, their father, their themselves, um, when they're that age. And I want them to feel com- compassion and feel that life doesn't end when you retire. That life doesn't end when you're when you're turned 70 or 80 or 90. It continues. It, it's it's more than just art. It's it's about being human and being uh, aware of what life is. It's, it's it's beyond just a piece of paper, um, a vision. It's more of a feeling. And I, I just want people to reflect on themselves because I, I it came from my heart. And if something comes from an artist's heart, usually other people will feel it from their own heart. Um, if it's just surface work, it's wallpaper. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be more than just wallpaper. I want it to be something that hits home inside. And I, I think this is never going to die as far as the aspect of, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia. And, you know, we're all going to get, uh, hopefully, we'll all get old. Not everyone does get old. And we're all going to be affected one way or another with it. And so it's beyond the, the art on the wall. It's, it's about the human condition. And I... Um, I just want to get across that it's it's a life we're dealing with and and the compassion towards that person and hear them. You want to be able to hear them because ultimately all these photographs have come from her. Mm-hmm. You know the stories that she tells me or moments that she um, you know I see her in a moment and it comes from her. It doesn't come from me necessarily. Um, so I'm just the conduit. I, I just you know give back what she gives me. And so that, that that connection hopefully comes through in, in my work. Um, not every piece, but hopefully most pieces mm-hmm. that I do that are more profound and meaningful. Some of them are funny. Some of them are, you know, humorous. And, and that's fine, well, and good. But I can tell you that it's not always that way. And I want to be able to um, show all aspects of, of that person and um, how they're dealing with what they're thinking, if they're thinking, how they're feeling, what they're feeling, how they're feeling. And I'm just hopefully, I came into her life She, as much as she's come into mine. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I was the reason she came to my life, and I think I was a reason for her to, to, to give herself back to the world. I, I don't know if she knew what she was doing, but because of me, I'm, I'm her book. I'm her... I'm her pen, I'm her word, you know, I, I'm doing it visually, but um, um, I'm the person that she's going through to get across what she needs to get across. Mm-hmm. You capture her in so many different moods, and your photos of your mom are still so popular. Are you surprised by their staying power? No, 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 I just, I just said because it's never going to die. Yeah. You know, everyone's going to be affected by it. Well, you've made the subject much more accessible, and I guess what I meant when I said are you surprised by their staying power is are you surprised by the extent that people are still willing to look because it's it's an issue that people don't necessarily want to pay attention to and no, you you've sure. made it accessible so yeah and and you know what else too jenna is the fact that it's uh, the same model and i've had right. that oh gosh two and a half years ago after starting to post my images that my mom on one particular photography forum, um, I've had people saying, don't you have anything else to post other than pictures of your mother? And that was two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to see sub- different subjects. 
but I, my point coming from the artistic side is, well, every photograph is so different from each other. Yeah. Just because it's the same person, and it doesn't mean it's the same photograph. It's da- different scenarios, different lighting, different compositions, different moods and feelings. It, it, it's it's a story to tell. It's not just one photograph and move on to a, a landscape right. or a tree. Right. Um, and uh, so she's been a, a, um, a constant in my photography, but each one is so different from each other. Right. And it, it picks it picks at a life, not a, just a moment, but it, overall, it's a story. And you can't tell the story in one image necessarily. Right. It's not like you're replaying oh. the same the same no, hockey no, goal no, no, over no. and over, or whatever. No, 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 no replays. No, no. replays. <laughs> <laughs> no replays. No, they're all different. Uh-huh. All different. And she still has such a sense of humor, which comes through in the photographs, which is really cool. It, it is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> You've raised a lot of bit of money I, I, th- through her. I'm I sorry. Can go tell ahead. You on, I'm, I'm nash- this is, on, this is on national radio. I can tell you that when she laughs really hard, she toots. <laughs> Not that you should know that, but it's funny. And well, we will you clarify what you mean when you say she toots? Well, no, there's flatulence. <laughs> okay, we're talking <laughs> about a bodily function here. She farts. Yeah, you can yeah, say bodily it. Function. yeah, 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 yeah. And she's it's funny, and she can't stop laughing after <laughs> she does toot, and she keeps tooting up when she starts laughing. And if I can't get her into a, Mom, okay, I'm taking this picture. I need you to smile. And I look through the viewfinder, and there's, like, not much of a smile. It's uh-huh. very blasé. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll just mention, Mom, did you just toot? Mm. And all of a sudden, she'll start laughing. Mm-hmm. And I get her picture while she's laughing and smiling, and I'm thinking, well, it's funny. And right. for her, it's funny, because she's so prim and proper that she could never come across as someone who does things like that. Right. My mom's um, the same way. It's so funny because you don't get that. <laughs> I would not know that just looking at that photograph, how you coaxed that out of her. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a little secret now. You know, as a photographer, I had to get an emotion out of someone. You know, I just give out a secret about her body function. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I should have kept it to myself. Oh, gosh. No, well, it's all right. It's all right. We just learned something new about your mom. Is there anything else you want the listeners to know about your mom now? She's always been fantastic and wonderful, and she hasn't changed. Her dementia hasn't taken her to the dark side. I've seen other situations where people flip the switch, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Alzheimer's and dementia have turned them into what they weren't before. But she's just... Uh, emphasized who she was before, which is kind and caring and loving and, you know, just so wonderful. And I'm just so lucky to be able to have someone in my life that I could converse with and have a good time conversing with and not feel like I have to get out of there quick because it's not working out. I want to spend as much time as I can, um, even though it's limited, just because I just feel that it's so great to be around her. Yeah. Um, and I know I, I, I'm letting go. I'm, and this is part of the process of letting go as well. And it's just a stage. But um, she's still here, and I'm still visiting her, and we're still doing some photography, and we're still laughing, and we're still doing some stuff. It's given me uh, some breathing room, which is fantastic. But at the same time, I do miss the fact that she's not here, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could bring her back. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had that opportunity where I knew she wasn't going to fall and hurt herself, then, you know, I probably would do it. But I I just can't. Yeah, it's not a good idea. I felt the guilt initially when she fell and broke her arm, and I just don't want to feel like 
every morning, every moment that I'm with her that something else is going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's just a terrible way to live. Now, has your mom met your new girlfriend? Well, she's not so new. Your partner? Oh, yeah. And how do they like oh, yeah. each other? Well, um, they're both very quiet. There's oh. a language barrier. Um, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, teach my partner a few Italian words here and there, sign language or, um, you know, ciao, sure. hello. And, sure, sure. Um, you know, how are you? Come stai? All you know, little simple things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let my mom pretend that that she understands Italian, uh-huh. but she doesn't understand Italian. Oh. <laughs> so, but um, no, it's it's really great that the fact that you know I've been so connected in uh, three years with my mom. You know, here's someone who understands and has you know compassion as well. Uh, she has a huge family. My girlfriend's a huge family herself, and mm-hmm. she's so family-oriented herself. Mm-hmm. That's and great. So I think I think it's it's a it's a pro versus a con that you know someone could be so you know sympathetic towards a parent this way. I think she she catches on to that, and I think she loves me even more. So listen, I want to give you an opportunity to offer any last thoughts or advice for our listeners about how to <laughs> weather the changes, or just any last thoughts you have. Oh my gosh, there's always change in life. You can't keep it the same. And you never know what that change is, going to, change is going to lead to. But if you believe in yourself and believe in the people around you and you trust people and you trust yourself, I think only good can come out of decisions that are good for everyone involved. And I think I'm a better person for her being here, but I think I'm also a better person for her being there too. You know, it's because she, she was here that I realized how important she is in my life. And when she was in Toronto living on her own, you know, I'd, I'd give her a phone call here and there just to say hello and just keep the, the lines open. But, you know, leaving her in the evening, you know, I feel good and also torn. But it's the best thing for her, and she understands it too. And she, she even acknowledges that. She knows that I have a life. That's, and that's, that's interesting. The one thing, that's the one thing she acknowledges. She knows that. I've done all I can, and I'm I'm still doing as much or more than anybody else should or could. Mm -hmm. I'm going and visiting her every day. So she knows. I think deep downside, even if it's not words, she knows. Mm -hmm. And I feel good about that. I feel if something happens tomorrow, she's not around ever, physically. Right. Right. Um, In my heart, I think I've done all I can, and I, I feel good about that. Fine artist and photographer Tony Luciani will have a link on the HWISE website to Tony's work, including his book, Mama, in the meantime, and to Tony's Facebook page, where you can keep up with what's going on in both his and his mother Elia's life. Tony, thanks so much for coming back. Thank you, Jenna. Thanks, thanks Jenna. Tony. Bye. That's it for today. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, if you like this show, if you're getting something out of it, I want you to tell your friends about it because I want everyone to know you're not alone. Your stories matter and your voices have power. So share this with your friends. Share the love and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. Rate us. The AgeWise podcast is produced by me and it's distributed on the nationally syndicated Speak Up Talk radio network. I'm Jana Panarias. See you next time. And remember, every caregiver has a story. I want to hear yours.